Welcome to the Christian Center's Sermon of the Week. This morning I'm sharing from John 12. And John really is, this is the, pub, the, the last week of the public ministry of Jesus. Jesus is on his way to the Passover feast and he knows that he's going there in his life. Is going to be taken from him, that he's going to die on a cross for the sin of the world. So it's knowingly that he's going to Jerusalem because he came for this purpose. It was a fulfillment of, of his life's mission, his ministry on earth. It was really the coming together of, of ministry, living on the earth for 33 years. And it was him coming to this final point where he's going to bring this sacrifice once and for all so that the people of God can be free. So I'm reading from John 12. Um, all this started with a dinner party. So please bear with us as we go through John. But the overriding theme of this chapter is that Jesus, the Lamb of God, has come to take the sin of the world upon himself. So I'm reading from John 12, and it says, Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner party was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, a keeper of the money bag. He used to help himself to what was put in it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that you should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priest made plans to kill Lazarus as well, for on account of him, Many Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. It all started with Simon inviting Jesus. He really just wanted to honor Jesus. But he also probably wanted to celebrate the fact that Lazarus was raised from the dead. So in, in just checking out what happened in those times around, uh, around the dinner table, uh, the scene was probably a, a dinner table, not like we know our dinner tables, but a low table where people were lounging around the table and just enjoying each other's company and enjoying the meal that was prepared. So we see that Mary was there and Mary was in a sweet spot. She was serving and for once she wasn't complaining because, sorry Martha, <laughs> sorry my husband is showing me from the front, I'm getting it wrong. Martha was serving. Simon himself 
uh, they say Simon, Simon the leper, but it was probably Simon the former leper because Jesus had healed him. Um, there was no way that he could host a dinner party if he, was, he still had leprosy. So Mary came in. Now in those days, the men would eat around the dinner table and the ladies would be serving. So the, there was no way that Mary was invited in. But Mary came from outside and Mary had with her costly perfume. The Bible tells, uh, Judas could tell us that it was uh, worth a year's wages. So she came in and she had an alabaster bottle with her. But she came with a purpose to worship him. She came with a purpose to bring glory to her Lord. So she came in and I, I can just imagine how the men reacted to this. But she didn't care because she came, because she wanted to worship her Lord. She got who Jesus was. She understood exactly who he was. So she came in and she opened the bottle and she poured the perfume over his feet, washing his feet with the perfume. The job of washing the feet of any guest was usually reserved for the lowest slave in the house. But she bowed down before Jesus and she poured this perfume over him and she didn't bring a towel with him. So against what Jewish law would say, she uncovered her hair. A Jewish lady would only uncover her hair in front of her husband. He was the only one allowed to see her glory. But she uncovered her hair and she took the plate down and she started wiping his feet with her hair. I'm sure there was a hush in the room. Worship was in the room. It went silent because sometimes people don't know how to react to real worship. She broke protocol. She broke societal norms, what's expected of a woman in those days. But she was going to worship her Lord and Savior, Jesus. She was bold and courageous, and she took, took a stand for what she believed. She understood exactly who Jesus was. She refused to be caught up in the busyness that surrounded Jesus. She discovered the secret of connecting with Jesus. She was going to worship him. Her end goal was to worship. She didn't come because she wanted something from him. She came because she wanted to worship. Every time in scripture when we look at Mary, we find her sitting at the feet of Jesus. She, in scripture, there's no conversation that she ever had. But with the actions, she worshipped him. John, in writing this chapter, he remembers the fragrance of her worship. He remembers the fragrance that was hanging in the air. There's a smell that comes with worship. There's an atmosphere that comes when we worship him. I'm sure when she left... 
the smell of her worship was not only on Jesus' feet, but she carried the smell with her wherever she went, touching lives. Then in the midst of that, Judas couldn't handle it anymore. So he said, what a waste. We could have sold this for the poor. He didn't really care about the poor. He cared about the money that he could take from the box. It tells us that he used to steal from the money box. Matthew and Luke tells us that straight after this, Jesus decided, Judas decided to sell Jesus out. You see, Judas never saw the value of Jesus. He sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver where Mary didn't count how much her worship would cost her. Greed gave Satan a foothold in his life. The difference between Mary and Judas was that Mary came and she didn't care the cost, what it would cost her to worship Jesus. Judas, on the other hand, he walked with Jesus. He lived with Jesus. He ministered with Jesus. But he never understood who Jesus was. Never understood that Jesus was the son of the living God. He, he didn't care that Mary got who Jesus was and she worshipped him like that. What came to mind this week as I was preparing, I was thinking of the miracle of the loaves and fish. And Judas was part of that miracle. He was there. The twelve was there. Jesus prayed and he said, Father, he wanted to feed his people. But then he broke the bread and he gave it to each of the disciples to hand out to the people. Judas had the bread in his hand. The bread multiplied in his hand. The Bible tells us at the end of it there were 12 baskets left. So he took a basket home. He saw the miracles. He was part of it. And yet he did not understand who Jesus was. And it's very easy for us to come into church even. But we stay in the outer courts. We stay in the passageway. We never come into the Holy of Holies. And we never understand. But today there's an invitation for us to come in and, and get to understand who Jesus really is. Then Jesus said, leave her alone. Leave her alone, Judas, because Jesus, Jesus knew she came to worship. And he said, what Mary did for me today will stand as a memorial to her forever and ever. There were also people from the village that came. They heard about Lazarus and probably nosy people. Me, growing up in a colored township, can understand how you have a, an event, you have a party, and people would just come because <laughs> we're having a party, everyone's welcome. And they all came because they just wanted to see Lazarus, for instance. I think they wanted to see him. Is he really alive? But they also wanted to see this Jesus. Um, because um, the religious authorities were not happy because Lazarus was irrefutable proof and evidence that Jesus 
had power. They, they were, he was getting, the people were following Jesus because of that. So now we see the next day. Jesus is going to Jerusalem. Remember, Jesus is going to the Passover. He is going to fulfill his life's mission. He is going to go and die for us. So on the way to Jerusalem, and I'm reading from John 12 again, from verse 12, and it says, The next day, a great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took out palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first the disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him, and these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Now if you can picture the scene, Jesus coming in Jerusalem on the donkey, weeping and crying, but also thousands and thousands of Jews coming in because it's from Passover and they all come to sacrifice their lambs. And the historian, Jesus say that um, they think there was 2.5 million Jews in the city. And not only 2.5 million Jews, every family, about 10 people, one lamb per, fam uh, per family, so there were a lot of lambs around in the city because the people had to, at least for three days, they had to keep the lamp with them um, to make sure that it is without spot or blemish and then present it to the priest. So there were people camping on the Mount of Olives and they were just finding wherever they could stay, they lived wherever they could, all ready to attend the Passover. Jesus coming on a donkey. That was prophesied in Zechariah 9 verse 9. That Jesus, the Messiah, would come on a donkey. Jesus, I think he was crying because his disciples did not recognize the day of their visitation. They did not know. They thought this was a political deliverance. That Jesus was coming to be the king. They didn't realize that he was the king of kings. That he was the lamb of God. That he's the one that was going to take care of sin. That he's going to remove the divide that there was between man and God. They didn't get to understand who Jesus was. Even his disciples. They did not recognize the day of their visitation. Now today we are sitting here. And there's a move of God in our midst, we can, like Judas, either miss what God is doing, or we can be like a Mary and be in the inner courts with Jesus and understand that God is doing a new thing in our lives. So Jesus, 
the, the people were singing and shouting, and they were saying, Hosanna to the king. Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel. They were waving their palm branches, but they still did not recognize him as the son of God. According to the book of Luke, it says, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Rebuke your disciples. But Jesus said, if they don't cry out, the stones will cry out. Now I can tell you today, there's no stone that's going to cry out on my behalf. I am going to praise him myself. There's no stone that's going to take my place in worshiping Jesus. They did not recognize the hour of their visitation. When Jesus looked at those lambs, he was crying because he knew that just as those lambs are going to be slaughtered, he was going to be killed and put on the cross for our sins. And he knew that the same people was crying and saying, Hosanna to the king with the same people that is going to say crucify him when the day came. The same people who would spit in his face. John 12 from verse 23 says, Some Greeks came and they inquired about Jesus. But Jesus replied and he said, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify thy name. The kernel of ground falling to the ground represents Jesus' death and burial and resurrection. And if we look in Luke, Jesus was traumatized. Jesus was crying and he said, Father, do I have to go through this? If there's any other way, take this cup from me. But then he said, not my will, but your will. And we see that Jesus went to the cross. And Jesus died on that cross. And Jesus, when it was done, he said, Tetelestai, it is finished. But what was finished? Jesus died for our sin. The, the cross was not pretty. The cross was not as beautiful as artists make it out to be. The artists show us Jesus hanging on the cross with a serene look on his face, with a white cloth hanging around him. But it wasn't like that. He was beaten. He was naked. He was shamed for us. 
the sin of the world was placed upon him. I think Jesus cried because he knew that while he was doing this, making this sacrifice for sin, he would be separated from the Father. And that is what he was crying about. But now today there's a question. This is a visitation. We have a visitation in our midst. Are we going to be like the disciples that did not know the day of the visitation? Or are we going to come in and we're going to allow God to work in our lives? You know, some of us have never given our lives to the Lord. And today is the day that you can give your life to the Lord because he dealt with sin. But he also dealt with shame and with sickness and disease. And all those things that you've never told anyone that is hurting you. Those secret things that you are too ashamed to expose to the world. Jesus died for all that. So today... It would be a shame that Jesus gave his life and we do not respond. So as I hand over to Lester, I, I just pray that we will open our hearts and allow Jesus to do a work in us.